You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Orange is the New Black, a podcast for diehard Bengals fans. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zem Houday. Zem, what's up? Nothing much. How y'all doing, people? Houday, it's a great day to be a Bengals fan. How you doing, Ace? I'm doing pretty good, man. Getting ready for uh, this weekend. Uh, obviously, the Bengals are taking on the Miami Dolphins, but there's a bunch of interesting topics that we can touch on, but I, I don't think that there's any that are bigger than A.J. Green and the direction of this franchise. Let me tell you guys a quick story, though. I was at the DMV yesterday, um, had to update my license, moved addresses, been kind of dragging my feet on it, so I did that. And, of course, in true Bengals fan fashion, I decided to wear a Bengals jacket on my way in there. I was thinking that I could try to sneak some Hude into my driver's license. And as I'm sitting there, I actually bumped into a guy that was like, oh, you're a Bengals fan. That's that's what's up. I like you seeing that you guys are repping, you know, your team. And he happened to be a Raiders fan, and we had a real interesting conversation. So we talked about everything from uh, what the Bengals are going to do with Dalton. Um, a lot of fans that I talked to yesterday thought that A.J. Green was going to walk away from us. We talked about Vontez. We talked about Paul Gunther. We talked about a lot. Um, but the one thing that was common was that all of the fans, I talked to a Raiders fan yesterday and a Packers fan, um, the guy at the counter that was actually helping me was a Packers fan, um, they all had one thing that they, or two things that they said um, that were in common. One was that we were lucky to get the number one draft pick. They thought that we should get Burrow. Um, they said that we should consider Chase, too, but they, they mostly said that we should go with Burrow. Um, and the second thing was that they really thought that A.J. Green was going to leave us or that they could get A.J. Green on their team, and I had just had to tell them, like, that's not going to happen. So that segues into the A.J. Green thing. It comes out that A.J. Green basically is not going to play um, at all this season. Uh, he was given, I think, 15 mil for the season. However, the Bengals still have not reached a deal. Me and Zem have kind of talked about this. But the plan seems to be that the Bengals want to franchise him. So it seems like they're going to hit him with the franchise tag. And obviously early on in the season when this was brought up, A.J. wasn't really too keen on it. And it seems that it's kind of like – I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how he's taking it now because it seems like he's cool with the franchise tag, however he still wants to deal. But then he's also saying some things that makes it seem like he feels like them franchising him seems like a lack of trust. Uh, before I get my thoughts on it, Zen, what are your thoughts on just the AJ situation as a whole? Um, 
going to get a little messy. I mean, to me, it was messy throughout the year, but I guess the focus still was on football, right? So a lot of people were still thinking football. And in my mind, when they didn't, when it got to the trade line, deadline and they didn't trade him, to me, that was the spot where I'm like, hold up, what's going on here? So then the next point that I wanted to talk about, though, is that you were saying that the Bengals want to franchise him. I think that they do not want to franchise him. I think what they want to do is give him a low ball deal, something. Well, I, what, what I define as low ball will probably be around 11 to 12 million. Asian wide receiver, he's probably still feeling like he's worth like Julio, like in his mind. All players are going to think that. His agents probably tell him he's around 14, 15 mil. So when I when I say low ball, I'm thinking 10, 11, something like that, something crazy. So they're so far apart that the Bengals are now putting it out there. And then AJ, so if you see an Adam Schefter report, that's AJ Greenside. So AJ Greenside is pretty much putting it out there that, yeah, we're going to a specialist, all these different things like that, just pretty much letting the Bengals know, like, hey, I'm not coming off my stance. Like, this is what I'm doing. Um, this was a pre-existing um, uh, visit, and we're going to get this done, if you like it or not, whatever. But at the end of the day, if you're not willing to sign me for four years, all players think like this that I'm going to go somewhere else and I'm going to just kill you there. But I thought y'all was rocking with me is what AJ is pretty much saying. The Bengals on the other end of it are saying, well, no, if you're injured all the time, then how can we pay you? So what? what's the alternative? What's the thing for both sides? Okay, franchise you, right? That's a one-year prove-it deal, essentially, and it's $18 million, and it's over his his market value. But to me, that's a little messy, too, because when you get to the franchise uh, tag thing, there's a lot of stipulations with it where players don't like a lot of the details of it, and that's a whole nother show. So if he does get franchised, I think he probably balls out. You know, like I think he does that, and he and he has to. He's not that type of guy to just lay down or whatever, and the Bengals aren't the type that are going to lay down either and let him go. So it's going to be a franchise if they don't agree on the deal. I just think the terms of it, he's probably looking at the Tyler Boyd deal and saying, well, Tyler Boyd got fourteen mil a year. Right. I think he had a three-year fourteen, or yeah, three-year or four-year fourteen. It's the Sterling Shepard deal, right. and um, and and, and AJ Green saying, "I'm AJ Green," you know. But the Bengals are saying, "Yeah, you were AJ Green." So just um from from some of the quotes that I have here, here's what he said to Jeff Hobson. He says that I have no problem with the franchise tag. I don't like it, but I'm not a guy that's going to sit out a whole year. But at the end of the day, that shows me they're not committed to me. That's fine. They have a business they have to run. As a player, I have my own business. So if you do that, I have to protect myself. If you're not committed to me long term, I understand. There are no hard feelings. You have a business to run. All great businesses face difficult decisions. I understand that. For me, I have to make a decision as well. So to me, I don't know. It's just it's just kind of weird. Uh, I know some people are speculating on why he didn't play here. Some things that he said. Um, nobody has ever pushed me. I felt no pressure to come back and play. But you know, this is a business. You never know. This could be my last big deal. I have to make sure everything is right, and then we go from there. But I'll be ready to go. There's also reports that he could possibly sit out OTAs if he does get franchised. Oh yeah, he said he said that he said. You know, I, I mean, that's his agent telling him, like, look, this year, like, say you go on the franchise. Say you do that franchise tag. If you don't, you'll be looking at A.J. Green taking pennies the following year for A.J. Green. You know what I'm saying? Say he gets hurt or something like that. 
he'll be taking like one of them that like that Des Bryant Saints deal. It's like a one year, two mil type thing, you know, for AJ Green if he gets injured again, because then he'll be thirty two. So yeah, he probably won't go to OTAs. He won't do, participate in any of that stuff. Only thing he'll probably be doing is getting ready for game day, and hope he doesn't get hurt. And that's the other part of it that I'm like, I don't think he, you want to ball out, but at the same time, it's two different factors. The Bengals have to be successful next year, and if if they are successful, it won't matter if he doesn't go off for like 1,200, 1,400 yards. He could go off for 800 yards, and if they're winning, it's going to make them look good. That That's kind of like how the Pro Bowl works, right? Like if your team's successful and all eyes on you, and they'll see like, damn, there's so many weapons. But if they're losing and you get 800 yards or something like that, they'll be like, damn, like that's all he did. Right. Some other things that Grant said, they asked him about kind of the first pick in the draft, the Bengals having that. Um, he said that it's exciting. Wherever wherever the pick is going to be, it's going to be a big effect on our team. You pick that high, you're going to draft a guy that's going to make an impact on the team at that moment. And he also said that he just wants to win at this point in his career. It's not just about money. It's about continuing to build my legacy, and that's by winning. The goal was always to retire here. He wants to break every receiving record here, including Chad Johnson's team record of 150 catches, uh, 1,877 yards, and seven touchdowns. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what he trails his record by. He's trying to basically break Chad Johnson's record. Obviously, that's way too low for career records, but that's what he's trying to break. Um, to me, I just I don't feel like I don't feel I feel like the Bengals do want to franchise him because that's been kind of their cop out in prior years when it comes to them not being able to get a multi-year deal done. It seems to me like it's the issue isn't the dollar signs. It seems like it's the commitment of years. And to me, I just feel like it's almost kind of like a slap in the face because this is a guy in A.J. Green who has dealt with the Bengals situation totally different than other players in the past, right? He's never once said the wrong thing. He's never once complained. He's kind of been a model uh, football player. And how do you repay that guy? You don't give him any kind of insurance or faith or put any kind of faith into essentially your best football player. To me, that just sends the wrong message not only to your fan base, it sends the wrong message to guys in the locker room, the guys like the Joe Mixons and some of your future talent of the William Jackson the thirds. If you could do a guy like A.J. Green like that who has never once talked about wanting to sit out or has sat out for any kind of contract disputes, has made any big deals about money, has talked anything bad about your coaches or anything like that. He's never been that guy. If you can do it to that guy, that just sends the wrong message, I think, as a whole. Now, you know, I'm a huge A.J. Green guy, and I'm, and it's just not because he's one of the most amazing receivers that I've ever seen coming out of college. But it's also about what he stands for. Like, you look around the league, you see guys like Antonio Brown. You see guys that are, are divas that make a lot of football about them and not the team. He's never been that guy. He's never been a guy that's really complained about what it takes to win. Um, he's been a guy that just wants to do things the right way. And for this to happen, 
it's just very messy to me. And it's just another sign to me, you know, based on their history, just based on their history of me watching how the Bengals deal with players, it's just not right. I mean, what like like I said, and that's why I, why I say the things that I've done. AJ Green has done so much for this franchise, has made them so much money. When you talk about just jersey sales alone, and just putting people in the seats, he saved them from a tumultuous season that they came off of uh, with Carson Palmer, where he essentially quit on the Bengals and like pretty much exposed them for being a misrun franchise. And the guy that helped you kind of come out of that, get your fans back and, and things of like that, he isn't worth a three-year deal. And the guy comes out and says that he's not asking for Julio Jones' money, so it's not like he's out there asking for, you know, $20 million a year or something. He just wants a commitment. And, I, I mean, at this age, you know, NFL players anywhere, when they get 30 and things like that, that's all these guys really want. And it sucks because what will happen is, a team like the Ravens or a franchise like the Ravens that always pick up these veterans and give them decent deals, they don't pay them anything crazy, but they give them some kind of insurance that they're going to actually be on a roster. Why can't the Bengals do the same thing with their own player? Like, it's A.J. Green. Like, I just don't. It's kind of mind-boggling to me. It's mind-boggling. Let me interject, my friend. All right. So I listened to everything that you said. But I think there's a lot of different points that, yeah, like you 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 emphasize the fact that you're saying AJ Green, look what he's done. I mean, you know, like how could they, you know, like why would they do this? I, I'm not, I'm not, you didn't say that word for word, but right. what, how does the front office pay him back? Look what he's done. He hasn't played since 2018, like since the box from 2018. He hasn't done anything, like. It, it, with the mentality, if if your argument is based on the past, then you're no different than Dalton Lover. Oh my God, I just did it! Hey, look before the hey before the show, <laughs> hey before the show, everybody inside track. I said, hey, I'm not gonna mention Dalton one time today, and I failed it. It's just because I love Andy so much, guys. I'm sorry. Like I even dyed my hair orange this morning just so I could just <laughs> feel like Dalton when I wake up every day, fourth and three. All right, but listen, um. Yeah, a good franchise. All right, so look, the Dunlap and the Atkins uh, contracts, the the uh, the Gio Bernard contracts, right? right. Kind of. I don't have a great metaphor for this, but it's almost like kind of like when I do so much for my wife sometimes, and then even at the end of it, she's still like, okay, but yeah, I need this, right? I'm right. like, I just gave you Gino. I just gave you Dunlap. I just, I essentially what you're saying, like all these things. These are all players that did just as much. I mean, Gio got his his brains took out, you know, for us in the playoff game against the Steelers, and you know he's humbled. He's like a, a you know a, um, a candidate for Walton Walter Payton Man of the Year this year. So right. he's a great guy, great influence, all these different things. They rewarded him with a contract, and he was available. AJ right. Green is available from so so from a business standpoint. If I'm the Bengals, right? I'm not Jerry Jones. I'm not a billionaire. I don't have all these sources of income. My one business is this team. I'm can't not I can't wrap my mind around paying somebody like currently right now and what I do for a living and everything like that. I can't wrap my mind around paying somebody just based off their past. I don't pay anybody that's not available. I need to see your face. I need to see you working. And then right. I'll pay you I'll pay you handsomely. 
<laughs> like, I'll pay you well if I see you and you're working and you're doing A.J. Green type stuff. But he isn't there. So how could the franchise commit that much money to somebody for three years coming up and then you don't know? I mean, he's now reaching that point. Like when Des Bryant and Ocho Cinco and all these guys get to that 31, that's that magic right. number. You fall off. like, and, it, and if you don't have the athleticism anymore to keep up with these brand-new corners that are coming out, you could be Larry Fitzgerald. But what's Larry Fitzgerald's like? And I'm not comparing A.J. Green to Larry Fitzgerald because he's, he's not that. I still right. believe in the GOAT. I still want them to pay A.J. Green. I'm just saying right. from a business perspective, it doesn't really make sense at all to pay him that. So the only right. way you can hold on to him to say, hey, I do kind of believe in you. I do believe you is the franchise. You It's going to be a one-year deal, and then in the midst of that, we get to week eight or something like that, you balling out, shoot, I'm going to throw the, I'm gonna throw the kitchen sink at you. Like, the Bengals do – like, one of the misconceptions about this franchise is that they do resign and pay their players. If you go look at, like, the Steelers and, and, and historically Green Bay up into this past year or whatever like that, they don't retain their players that well. And the players that they do retain, they aren't, like, the main focal points. That's why, like, Le'Veon Bells of the world and Antonio, Antonio Brown, like, will always complain. And to me, I will pay Antonio Brown whatever he said for the Steelers. He doesn't work at other franchises, but I would have paid him anything because at the time he's the best wide receiver in football. I mean, right. well, you could argue it, whatever. But A.J. Green – I can't just work off of his past. If I was just working off his past, I would pay him more than anything in the world, and it just doesn't make sense. He hasn't been available. You had some other points in there that I wanted to go into because yeah, you, I mean, say, you, you said a lot of good stuff, and, and I'm and right. I'm and I'm on your side, like as a fan, right. but as a Bengals organization, no, a good franchise would not wouldn't pay him. A good a, a well run franchise wouldn't pay him no three year four year deal, none of that stuff. A good, well-run franchise would have. I see. That's why I feel like. That's why I feel like we disagree because the Ravens have made a living off of that, right? Like no, but but at, they, they, but that's in free agency though. Right. Like like their their current players, like no, yeah, they'll go go get an aging Hoosman's out of that. You know, take a flyer on them. And one of the reasons why you're using Ravens for that, their assessments on wide receivers are terrible. The only way that they ever get a good wide receiver or a decent one uh, up until this year with Hollywood Brown with the jury still out, right, Right. is when they get aging superstars. They always miss in the draft on wide receivers. So they always have to go get those type of guys. The Bengals don't have to do that, guys, because they usually assess wide receiver in a running back position pretty damn well. So, like, to me, if I'm the Bengals, yeah, this is now – all right, so A.J. Green, you want to – like. That that's the part where it's messy because if they knew that they were so far apart, then yeah, I would a good franchise would have traded them right there, like a good. And then you said the fans uh, don't deserve this stuff. You know, in my comments, go look at if, if you guys aren't know, uh, don't know uh, Ace's New Strike City on Twitter, New Strike City on Instagram. I'm Zim underscore Hude on excuse me on Instagram. I'm Zim Hude on Twitter, but on Instagram, my AJ Green post. Every single person said we should have traded him, get rid of him, get him out of here. Fans, w- w- fans will turn on him real quick. I think the majority of fans um, are probably on the, on your side of the table. Like we love you, AJ, and whatever, right? But to right. me, that's that old Bengals stuff. It's like paying these old guys that don't really do anything, and then we're sitting there thinking like, damn, why are we eight and eight? Because we're right. not getting new talent. 
And I, I think A.J. Green still has a lot in the tank. But fans are, like, are, are very aggressively upset at this season. Um, I, I will say, following me, I am an aggressive person. So a lot of the things that I'm telling people are like, yeah, make a quick decision, get rid of them, keep them, whatever. I never even really speak on A.J. Green. But I, I, I would say that my my page probably wouldn't be a good example of it. But the majority of the comments on there on all of my on all my AJ Green posts are like get rid of them. They should have traded them. I was on AJ Green's side. I hate to hear him talk like this. Like go read that stuff. Like they're not really rocking with him like that. Yeah, and that's you, true. And then right. you couple then you couple that with this is a big time wide receiver draft. There might be four or five wide receivers going in the first round um, this year, and then the next round it's supposed mm-hmm. to be so loaded with talent. That the Bengals probably are sitting there saying, "Well, well we, there are some wide receivers," but it's stupid because they should have traded them if they was going to do all this. Right. Um. So several things that you said there, I I agree with. Like, I'm not saying that the Bengals should just sign him to this deal where he gets paid if he gets injured, and that's where I don't see that part of it. Like, there are stipulations that teams can put in the contracts where if AJ doesn't play a certain amount of games, and he his contract isn't worth as much. So I'm not sure if that's being brought up and if he's on board with that or not, but that to me is, I feel like, another reason that they could get this done. Then you also talk about the fact that they're going to have $17 million next year where they can essentially release Andy Dalton, trade him, and have $17 million off of the books. So it's not like they're hurting for money, but to me – one thing that has been consistent with the Bengals, yes, they re-sign players, but if you've ever noticed, any player that gets over 30 with the Bengals, like luckily they kind of did it with Dunlap and Geno, they usually let them walk. That's like always been the case. Like as soon as they get kind of old outside of the anomalies of Pac-Man and Geno and Carlos, they always let those guys walk. And to me, it just, to me it just is kind of idiotic because – this is a franchise that's still recovering from the Andrew Whitworth debacle from a few years ago where they basically said, oh, we are going to bet money that you're not going to be the same player and you're going to fall off a cliff. And here he is still three years later still playing at a decent level. He hasn't really fell off to the point that he's worse than uh, Bobby Hart or Cordy Glenn or anything like that. So to me it's just a mistake on that point. to Bobby Hart. Speaking of Bobby Hart, how about him having the highest-rated pro football focus grade this past year, I mean, this past week of his whole entire career? He's doing his thing. I think that that's a product of, of Cordy Glenn as well, returning, stabilizing that other side. Are you hating on Bobby Hart? You hating? I'm not hating on Bobby <laughs> Hart. I'm just saying, like, I don't think that it's a coincidence that, you know, Cordy Glenn comes back and things are more stable on that side and that kind of helps him as well. Like, I'm not I'm not really – like, I don't think Bobby Hart is as bad as people say that he is, but I'm not, I'm not thinking that Bobby Hart is the answer. Like, I've seen Bobby Hart at FSU. Like, he's not like – like, he probably should be a very good backup for you, but he probably shouldn't be starting. Um, but outside of that, I just think, like, growing up a Bengals fan and seeing them, like, not treat – players who have, you know, done things for their franchise right just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And for this to be the guy that the Bengals never really deserved in the first place, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And it's not just because of AJ. It's just 
you just look back, man. You talk about Corey Dillon, Takeo Spikes, Carson Palmer, Chad Ochocinco, um, TJ Husmanzada. All these guys are bitter with the Bengals because they do stuff like this. And it's like instead of instead of um, creating some kind of culture and some kind of history and some kind of connection, you know, with your players, they just choose not to do it. And I don't think that is the fact of, you know, they didn't give them money and stuff like that. I think it's really about the way that they go about things. It's it's how the things play out, and it's always ugly. And it's just kind of, I don't, I don't know, for me as a fan, I'm just kind of tired of it, honestly, because what message does that send? It's just like, yeah, it's a great business move, but what message does it send? They think that great business moves are not wasting money in free agency. What message does that send? It's, it really just sends that you don't want to win, you don't want to be a successful franchise, and you don't want your own players to even, you know, appreciate playing for your franchise. Like, that's that's just where it goes to me. But, I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do, but honestly – if this plays out that way, it's just really going to be a shame, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, I I would this, but I feel like they have retained a bunch of people that they shouldn't have. So to me, it goes both ways. Like you take a chance, and as a fan, it's easy to remember the guys that left and go somewhere else. Like I I actively watch Marvin Jones. Like, every week, I, if y'all don't know, Marvin Jones plays for the Detroit Lions. He went on IR this past weekend. But even from uh, fantasy football, like, I, I zero in on the Muhammad news of the world. Or even when Marcus Hunt had left and he went to the Colts and he and he did well, like, those are the things that I'd I be like, dang, well, but they retain a lot of guys that I don't think that they should. So from a fan perspective, I think we're always looking at and we're always going to be looking at the guys that left and succeeded somewhere or the guys that they felt that they should have paid. But what about the the the, the guys like Jake Fisher that they re-signed, the Preston Browns of the world, like all these guys that at the time people wanted them to resign, and, and, and they did, and then they don't really do that much or they don't do well at all. And then and then the fans then turn and say, you know, like imagine if we didn't re-sign Tyler Eifert this past year and he went to Green Bay like he was supposed to. The fan base would have killed them. They got him back. They got Preston Brown back. They got uh dark they they picked up uh Darquez Denar's fifth year option. They picked up uh what I was saying they did that. They did have the Jake Fisher one. It was like all these different ones that on paper beforehand it sounded good. I mean they just re-signed Geo. They re-signed Uzoma. For every person that y'all saying that that has left and that shouldn't have left, they got three or four people that they kept that they shouldn't have kept. It's like this gamble with them, and and they pay them well, probably more than what other people. Like, okay, somebody hit me the other day and say, "Oh, you saw Tyler Croft? He 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 he's, he got the game winning touchdown." I'm like, "Yeah, Tyler Croft or Uzama? You had to pick one." And right. it, it's like that every year to me, and. I don't really look at them like that. I feel like the Bengals retain a lot more than a, than a lot of teams. Like, each year, I go through my list, and I thought the worst signing, and it's on my page and everything, was Preston Brown. I thought that was worse than Bobby Hart, just for the amount of money, because of the other linebackers that got paid that same money. Like, right. just didn't make sense to me for a linebacker that can only play on first down. Like, right. I don't know. And then in 2019, you can't even pay a linebacker like that. I mean, you can't even play him on first down. 
these teams are bombing in on first down and passing and 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 and, and getting teams um side to side. So I, I get it. Like yeah, there there's some big time players that they couldn't resign, but there are a bunch of people that they kept on resigning, like Leon Hall, where they. Like, imagine him leaving. Everybody like, oh, my God, Leon Hall's gone. You had to pick one, Leon Hall or Jonathan Joseph. You pick Leon Hall. Then later on in his, in his career, everybody's crying about he gets paid too much because he didn't perform at the level that everybody wanted. That's just how this goes for every team. For every, te- every team says that same thing. Some teams don't retain any of them at all, and those are usually the worst teams in the NFL. Right, right. Yeah, I just – I don't know. I th- I think the Bengals, yeah, they retain players, but most of the time the guys that they pick are the wrong guy. I mean, I'm not saying that <laughs> yeah. Uzoma was the wrong guy because I'm not, I'm not uh, a C.J. Uzoma hater or anything like that. I Last year he was doing like – he was Tyler solid. Croft. I think he's way better than Tyler Croft. I think that's kind of ridiculous that a guy catches his only touchdown of the season and people are talking about, look at Tyler Croft. But <laughs> – my it's just one of those is, things I think it flashes in the radar, just like when Rex Burkhead scored the touchdown last week. It just, like, flashes in your face because you're like, damn, I remember him. It's just like, I don't know. They just – they they keep the Bobby Hart's, but then they let the Andrew Woodworths walk away. It, it just doesn't – I don't know. Okay. It just doesn't make sense. But Well, I got a couple questions for you, Ace. I got a couple people that have wrote in some, some comments and they, they want to get your uh, your take on this. Sure. My my first take was, or well, first question, I'm sorry, is what staff member, this is Owen Hart. <laughs> what is this, Bobby Hart's brother? <laughs> <laughs> Owen Hart, <laughs> 216. He says, um, do you think that the um, that the Bengals should go out and get any new uh, people on their staff? And are there anybody that you think um, that they should be looking at? Oh uh, yeah, Owen sounds like he must be from from Cleveland or from somewhere two one six. Uh, yeah, I mean I think that they have to go out and get a new offensive line coach. They don't have to go too far. They can bring in um, Callahan's dad. Um, I think that they should do that. Um, outside of that, there are other areas that I think that they could improve at on the coaching staff. Um, but I honestly, I don't. I honestly like our defensive coordinator. Um, I think our linebackers coach, Labaku, that they picked up is actually a solid uh, coach. He just didn't have much that he could deal with there. Um, quarterback coaches, I think, were pretty strong there. So I think if there was any coach that should be replaced, um, it should possibly be that, that offensive line coach. Um, secondary coach, I'm not too sure about. Uh, maybe you consider somebody there because secondary, I don't know, it's, it's really hard to say because the secondary has – looked up and down, so maybe you looked there. Uh, but those would really, for me, uh, be the biggest play, biggest spots. And I can't believe I'm forgetting this, an offensive coordinator. Um, I don't know if the plan is to let Callahan call the plays or not, but I think that that's another change that should be should be done. I think Zach Taylor needs to just worry about being a head coach and give the play calling duties to his own offensive coordinator. For sure. I agree pretty much with everything you just said. The next question is, what if Joe Burrow is a bust? Where do the Bengals go from there? Uh, they go and take another quarterback. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry. This this guy's name is Tarami Tarami four four. And Tarami, that's no disrespect or anything, but it's just we don't live in this era. And I think a lot of people think of the the uh, 
the era with the Jamarcus Russells where you're pretty much enslaved uh, to that number one pick. The CBA makes it so it's not like that anymore. Um, and we saw what Arizona did with getting rid of Josh Rosen so fast. Um, and you're going to see it with the Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubisky. Best believe that's coming um, pretty soon. But we, we live in an era where if you make the wrong decision there, there's two ways that you can go. You can either bring in a veteran or you can go and take your shot and shoot your shot at the next one. And if um, he's that bad and the Bengals end up picking number one or number two again, then you just go and take another quarterback. I mean, I think it's that simple. Um, would you regret passing on a Chase Young? Yeah, you could say that, but at the time you needed a quarterback and at the time you made the decision for what was best for your team. And it's no secret that this is a quarterback league. I mean, look at what Lamar Jackson's impact is on the Ravens. Um, so, uh, with that being said, I think that that's what you do is you go back to the drawing board and you take you shoot your shot again and you shoot until you hit. You must have known this next question was going to come up. Somebody just asked, uh, this is up my last question I have for you today. The last question that I have is from my man Brandon K. He says, who would you rather have if you were starting a franchise today, Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? Uh, no, nah, I actually didn't know that was coming. But, Brandon, if it were up to me, um, right now we'd rather have Lamar Jackson. And the reason that I say that is because Whoa. although Pat Mahomes is a great quarterback, um, you know, I think that this era forgot about how valuable Mike Vick was. And that was one of my points that I tried to make. And a lot of people was like, oh, they're going to figure him out. No one ever figured Michael Vick out. That never happened. And you're talking about a he guy like figured Lamar himself Jackson. out because he didn't work hard enough. Yeah, like Mike, the thing that stopped Mike Vick was Mike Vick went to jail. That was the only thing that stopped Michael Vick, not NFL defenses. Um, the fact that he didn't have a defense himself also kind of held him back in the playoffs. But there was no there was no defense for that. So I think if it were up to me, I would take Lamar Jackson simply because he brings so much value. Uh, from a running standpoint as a quarterback, and he brings so much confusion. And I played defense in high school, and uh, for me, and I think I talked about this on my page, the hardest person that you ever want to guard against as a defensive player is a mobile quarterback because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what what could happen on the play. Every play is potentially kind of like come up with on the spot. So that's something that you can't game plan for. Um, and the type of player that he is with how fast he is, you know, linebackers and stuff like that, they're not going to be able to catch that guy. Like, he's going to juke them out of their socks, just like we saw him put Vigil and some of our linebackers in the spin cycle. So I would take Lamar Jackson. Um, that's not to say that Pat Mahomes isn't a great quarterback. It's just like, would you rather have Brett Favre or would you rather have Michael Vick? And I tend to side with the Michael Vick because from a defensive standpoint, game planning standpoint, you're going to struggle with that. I think that he impacts your entire offense like we're seeing with Baltimore. You said would you rather have Mike Vick or Brett Favre, right? I don't think yes. that's really the question. I think the question really is would you rather have Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson because they're not, they're not comparable like that. Like It's not that cut and dry to me. And to me, I will go Pat Mahomes because he has the mobility that I need. I think he'll be able, with the arm strength that he has, I think he'll be playing – forever. That's not to say that Lamar Jackson won't, because I'm banking on Lamar Jackson just outsmarting everyone and not taking contact and stuff. Like, I don't want him to take contact at all um, eventually. Like, if you watch Tyreek Hill, I always tell people, watch the Tyreek Hill game. When he doesn't have any hero cards that he tries to play, and it's a beautiful thing to watch, and it's like the, it's like the new 
NFL, it kind of matches up with, um, you know, like the money and players holding out and stuff like that. Players got smart. And Tyreek Hill, when he gets the ball and stuff, he he, he flies down the field. But when he gets close to that sideline or whatever, he scoops right on out, and you don't even remember it. You go on to the next play. Lamar Jackson, if he can master that, he'll play in this league forever, and no one will ever be able to stop him. And it'll make everybody upset. And I'm really, really, I'm really, more than anything in this world, people will be like, man, I hope he passes better. I think he's already good enough. I could tell, yeah. I could screen you to death with him if you if you felt like you didn't you didn't trust his arm because right. the way that he creates space and stuff is just unlike anything else because everybody's got to hesitate. Nobody can shoot a gap, and, it's, right. and it'll be like that forever. But Pat Mahomes, to me, is just one of the greatest arm talents or – I just never seen somebody flick a ball 70 yards down the field like that and be able to, like, move like – he moves in the pocket like Steve Young. Somebody asked me during my live, I wanted to ask you this too, who does Joe Burrow remind you of more than anybody? Who does Joe Burrow remind me of? I, yep. I honestly it, – Just one player. Don't try to put two people – don't try to make some mega – Personality-wise, personality-wise, Tom Brady. Okay. Um, no, skill-wise. Otherwise, I can't really. I could. I couldn't really give you a definitive. Um, I got one. Definitive one on that. Go ahead. He's he's as big as Andrew Luck, but I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna go there because he's faster. He reminds me of Steve Young. I and I went back like on some like old games and stuff like that, and just my childhood and stuff like that. I was very very young, but mm. Steve Young was one of the first white quarterbacks that I knew that just had like mobility. And had that arm talent that I'm looking for. Because somebody the other day, and they thought this was blasphemy, was comparing him to Deshaun Watson, right? And I said, mm-hmm. it's not that far-fetched. Deshaun Watson is not Lamar Jackson's speed. Joe Burrow is not Lamar Jackson's speed. But he's got this gear to him. Sometimes he gets out in that open field. And Andrew Luck never – like, that would probably be the other person, I think, that can run like how he does. Mm-hmm. But he's just as fa- – he's maybe just a, a hair – if if Deshaun Watson runs a four six or something like that, then Burrow mm-hmm. runs like a four seven five or four seven. Like he's one of the faster quarterbacks in the NFL already, like day one. And and it, and it doesn't look like that because he's so big and he's got these long strides. But he moves like Steve Young in the pocket. He throws like Steve Young. Like if you get a chance, young Bengals fans listening or older fans. Just tell me, uh, write your thoughts on this or whatever. I want you guys to keep on tuning in us to Sissy Jungle um, Podcast. Orange is the new black podcast on Sissy Jungle. If you get a chance, comment on our stuff. Tell us who you think Joe Burrow reminds you of. But to me, it's it's like a bigger Steve Young. I don't want to splice right. three quarterbacks together. But he moves right. like him, and he's got that speed. Go watch right. this. You'd be like, man, I never thought about that. Watch. The, the one thing that I'll say, I think, like you said, Joe Burrow, um, but one last thing I want to say about LJ and Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. with Mahomes, we've seen exactly what his ceiling is his first year. The scary nah, thing about Lamar nah, Jackson, he's going. the scary thing about Lamar Jackson, we haven't seen, like, we think this is his best now, but he's not even a polished passer like that yet. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's still potential, scarily, for him to actually get better than what he's doing right now. Have you ever is, seen that inner? Oh, go. I'm sorry. I thought. Go ahead. Go ahead. Have you ever seen the interaction that Lamar Jackson had with Jim Harbaugh that day on the sideline? And, and, and Jim Harbaugh saying, "Hey, man, I love you, man. You be balling out." And then Lamar Jackson's like, "No, nah, I love you, coach. Like, 
no, we're going to do it. And Jim Harbaugh was like, man, you, see, that's what I like about you. You got this thing where you're just always trying to learn and you're trying to – this is in the middle of the game. They're, like, blowing somebody up by, like, 21 points. If you guys are listening to this, go on YouTube and watch this. It's the most beautiful conversation because he's like, uh, he like, man, it's great. Uh, Harbaugh's like, you're doing great, man. Like, you're, you're just – I mean, they can't stop you. He's like, nah, coach, they can't stop our team. Like, we're about to do this. Like, we – you know, like, and I mean, like, I was like, whoa. How did the Bengals have him in for a dinner and didn't catch none of that? Is it, is right. it, is it, maybe I grew up around a bunch of like savages and people that have like strong accents where I'm from and maybe that threw them off. But like you could hear the passion. You could hear it in the oh, heart. You could, you could hear it on draft night. You yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they're about they they fit to get a Super Bowl out of me. And maybe like to to the average person that maybe that it, maybe I'm not even gonna call you uncultured. I'm just saying the 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 person that probably doesn't go outside of their hometown to hear someone with that 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 Miami draw to them a little bit. It might not be like the same like for you. That's probably normal where you're at, right? But right, the average normal from Reed, but when I first came down here, it was kind of, it kind of threw me off, like you're saying. Like when I came from I, Ohio and came down and heard people like that talk, like, you probably would think that he, you know, isn't intelligent, but he's actually very smart. I was, I just, think I a was lot just about to say that. Judge judge a book by its cover without actually understanding the person themselves. Exactly. I, I mean, I was just going to say that. I was like, a lot of times people get what people are, I'm not even going to say afraid of, or, or people just haven't been introduced to, Sometimes makes them feel as though like they're they're unintelligent because of what society has told us someone should speak like or talk like like when they are intelligent, right? And and because he talks with that draw and he got that Miami like still in him or whatever, and he, yeah, he might not be exposed. You might ask him some Pythagorean theorem stuff, and maybe he didn't get that course or maybe whatever. But on life, he's probably like one of the most intelligent people that this world will ever see. And you could get that off of, like, just interactions, brief interactions with him. And I just want people to really, really check it out. Somebody hit me the other day. I think it's your man, T. Moody. He was like, man, get off Lamar's balls. He's never <laughs> going to be a Bengal. I'm like, no, this is for the culture, bro. Like, I just really like watching them play. When the Bengals play next year or whatever, whether Joe Burrow is good or not, right? And, and, and I know he will be good. Joe Burrow hater. We got to figure out a name for Joe Burrow hater. Um, but – uh, he will be good, right? But one thing, the Bengals could win three games, four games, five games. I wouldn't care. I want to be – I want to have fun. I want to have a good time watching a Bengals game. I don't want to see a bunch of three and outs and somebody that's scared to succeed on third down. Like, I want somebody that's willing to die on third down to go get a first. And that is Joe Burrow and – I just want that excitement for Bengals fans. I, I get excited when I watch the – I hate to say it. I don't like the Ravens. Don't kill me, Day Nation. But I get excited. Like, I watched a, a, a Thursday night football game one time and a Sunday night football, and I was glued to the TV watching. I was like, what is Lamar going to do next? You know, I want that. You know, I want to have think, I think I think another thing Moody, Moody doesn't realize, and Moody is my guy. He already knows. But I think it's like he doesn't realize that this is our worst nightmare playing out, right? We wanted Lamar. Not only does he get drafted, and the Bengals don't draft him, someone in the division gets him, and now he's on an MVP road to the Super Bowl. This is our mm-hmm. nightmare. This is yeah. what we didn't want to happen. But but you know what though? It doesn't like say he would have went to the Steelers. Yeah, I would be ripping my hair out. Yeah, I would. My locks would be on the floor. I would be <laughs> like, I'd be crushed. 
But the Ravens, I don't hate the Ravens. Like, I don't hate them. I just don't, I don't want them to win when they play us. I don't know. Maybe do other Bengals fans feel like that? Because T. Moody, he does hate the Ravens. He absolutely hates them. And yeah, I'm he's like, from I, the Maryland I, area, so I okay, think it's a okay. little bit different for him. Okay, so shout out T. Moody. Like he always be showing love. He always been in, uh, on my on my uh, my Instagram lives on Sundays. Like he's always there. But he he got on me the other day. Said he he probably don't even think I read the comment. I read all the comments, people. But he's like, get off my, Lamar's balls. You know, what I'm saying like he's never gonna be a Bengals. That's not what it's about to me. It's like. It's like all the guys that I went to school with that could run and they could ball out, and I always was like, man, there's no way they're not going to the league, and they didn't get it. They represent Lamar. Like Lamar Jackson represents them to me. I could name ten Lamar Jacksons when I was in high school that were like number one in the nation that the NFL just never gave a chance. I don't, and I don't, and I never figured it out. And, and they can't. They'll try to tell you arm strength. They'll tell you all these other things. You you know, they're, they're, the politics of it just make me upset a little bit, but. Lamar Jackson to me is like a good person. Is bigger than football to me. Do the if the Ravens win the Super Bowl, yeah, I might hate those conversations with Ravens fans because they will be able to bank on that. I think I'll just counter with Will. Y'all was trash before y'all had Lamar. Lamar's your whole team. I've been thinking about my counter arguments all the time, so I'll just right, blame right. it on like Lamar Jackson and Jim Harbaugh and the rest of your team is trash. I'll just blame it on that. So I'm not really worried about them winning the Super Bowl. Right. So with that being said, thanks for listening to the Orange is the New Black podcast. We have to run. We might have to throw in a bonus episode for Miami. But thanks for listening, and we'll leave you guys with a who day. Hold up. You want them to win? That, that's the that's the magic question they want to know, Ace. Do the Bengals need to win the Dolphins on, on Sunday? No, sir. All right. Well, Ace said it. I kind of don't want them to win either. And we're going to beat the Browns. We're going to beat the pants off the Browns, guys. All right. Who day?